Welcome to episode 35 of the Movie City Maniacs. In tonight's episode, we'll be talking about Friday the 13th, part 3, from 1982. Do you really think I'm going to get laid, guys? Tonight's episode of Movie City Maniacs. Tonight, uh, three D bags are going to be talking about three D movies. <laughs> I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And joining us once again, short shorts and all, packing the heat, <laughs> Mr. JD Jimmy Diamond. I like how he actually covered up his crotch there, like <laughs> hide my shame at that point. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be going over uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. Did you guys watch it in three D or did you watch it like a two D, like a bunch of chumps? Uh, unfortunately, 2D. Yeah. Uh, Chump, what about you? <laughs> I watched uh, like parts of it with the uh, nice. 3D glasses on the, uh, so, the intro. I think we talked about this before, there. but this is like all the, like every film, all these obscure films from the 50s, 60s has got the proper real 3D. Mm-hmm. And this is like the lone film that is still <laughs> stuck with the anagraph. 3D, the old. I don't mind the anagraph 3D. I kind of dig that a little bit, to be quite honest with you, because you don't need like a proper TV, right? You can just yeah, kind of pop you, on your glasses and watch it. It's terrible, though. <laughs> oh, hey, listen, it's uh, it's supposed to be terrible. That's half the fun. I actually during the scene when the spear came at you, I actually like ducked out of the way a bit, man. Oh yeah, it got nice. me. So you watched the whole movie in 3D? I did. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was curious how like I could see it being fun for 20 minutes, but it it would kind of get annoying after a while because you're getting like no color and everything with the. Oh uh, yeah. Version, but yeah. I mean, then again, this is a film that really you're watching it for the 3D gags. There's not That's too much exactly to right. it, but we're, we're spoiling a little bit of our thoughts there. We'll get into it in a little bit. Uh, anything exciting new with you guys? Any movies you've watched? I went and saw The Quiet Place, which okay. I thought was, I saw it in a theater and I was thinking, I saw it like I usually go to the matinees. Like I went on Thursday afternoon and there was like me and maybe like three other people. So well, that is I, the perfect place to see this I w- movie. I was going to say, because most horror movies you want like the crowd getting into like, ah, yeah. don't go there, don't yeah, go in there. You want but this is that. kind of film would you yeah. probably not want that because you kind of want you don't, it, the quiet like, moments you even want... people eating popcorn was bugging me because yeah. it's so the entire movie is just in silence right yeah and the scores kind of kicks in kicks off but it's the entire movie it's tense man because there's not a lot of dialogue like it, it is actually they, literally... there is dialogue but they're like uh sign language that shit oh, which nice. is kind of cool and it is way better than it has any right to be like it's fucking jim halper from the office and like it is so good. Well, last year we had uh, Jordan Peele's uh, debut film with Get Out, which was fantastic. Yeah. And now, and again, you look at Jordan Peele and Keegan Peele, you think, what? Like, I know they, they're fans of horror. They always yeah. have poor references. We never thought a guy like that would do a film like that. Yeah. And now we have John Krasinski, who, again, you would never think. Maybe I've never, I didn't realize he was a horror fan, but yeah. he must be to put out something like he that. He pulled it off and it was actually kind of awesome. The monsters kind of looked cool too. Like, yeah. usually, like in the scenes like this, the monsters are kind of like, oh, okay, that's shitty. But they actually looked kind of dope. I think they might have been like actual puppets. Yeah. Kind of cool. Practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm dying to see this one, but again, mm. I've just been having trouble getting to theaters. I still yeah. haven't seen Ready Player One. We got Infinity War coming oh, out. Oh, no. Um, You're slacking off, buddy. Yeah, I'll be pre-ordering all these on Blu-ray and and doing it that way, I guess. It's kind of the the way to do it for me at this point. I got to give Quiet Place 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I recommend checking it out, man. It's fucking dope. Is this already, like, I know we're early into the year, but is this, like, already a... I think top 10 horror movie. Yeah. It's going to be a contender, I think. Yeah, awesome. Uh, Jimmy, anything, or you've just Uh, been working the the bars... (laughs) Serving the drunks. Well, like he working the bars, <laughs> like he's actually like going to bars, getting drunk. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, no, not really anything worth mentioning. <laughs> Just a lot of crap. 
A lot of beers. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I guess yeah, I was more thinking of the second film where half the cast goes and gets drunk at the bar, and that's <laughs> that's their whole point in yeah, the movie. There's not a whole lot of drinking in this movie, is there? They're not no. like out like a pound of beers and shit. Well, did we even comment that on, on part two, like these guys go and get drunk at a bar and, and, and they survive, so maybe it's kind of saying something like, if you have sex, you're going to die, but if you go get Drunk. Hang out at a bar and drink with your buddies. You're in a good place. So I'm fine. Like, I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, you guys will survive. Well, I, I have kids, so I might be lucky in a Friday Thirteenth. Maybe I, I don't know. Have yeah. they? They've never really. Oh no, that's not quite true. Because like, part six. Right? Well, in this film, oh. there's uh, which we'll get into. There's technically a parent, and it her doesn't end very nicely okay, here, yeah, which yeah, we'll is talk about fucked this later up. Because yeah, yeah, we'll talk about this. That is fucked up, man. So I guess yeah, I'm scared, and you guys are safe. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple films. I actually was uh, sick uh, last week when actually when we were going to originally record this podcast. So I apologize if it gets out a bit late, but um, the good news is I got to sit around all day and watch and films. You're which not is, dead, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is hard for me, though. Usually, you know, were, I, were you diarrheing all over the place? Is that what was happening? It was. Uh, it you're was a mess. On a bedpan. It was a mess. Yeah, coming from both ends. <laughs> you but just um, said, Fuck, I'm just gonna use a diaper <laughs> and just watch movies. Yeah, at that point, it's like, why bother constantly <laughs> getting up? You know, what I mean, it, the, the adult diapers are really the way to yeah, go just sit on a bucket you'll be fine <laughs> but usually the only time I can watch films is at the start them really late and I get through 20 minutes and fall asleep mm-hmm. it takes me a couple of days but this I had all day you know the kids were at school <laughs> one was daycare one was at school so it worked out great for me Again, I literally sat around and watched movies all day. I actually watched a bunch, and I'm going to save some for next episode because I don't want to jabber on for you know two hours here. But uh, a couple I did want to talk about because, again, they kind of fit this episode. I've been trying to get through some you know slasher films that have, I've picked up and just haven't had a chance to uh, to watch. You know those those ones on your list that you've you've heard good things about it, or maybe not so great things about. Mm. But you just you got to knock them off your list. Um, the first one I started off with, I picked up at that Arrow um, flea market kind of sale. We talked about. Yeah, what'd you pick up? The Slayer from 1982. How was it? Now this is a film I've been dying to see. It's it's kind of been that like film, that kind of gem, hidden gem that everyone's talking about, waiting for release. It only had like a a bad quality. Yes, or well, I think it had a DVD, but it went out of print pretty early. Not the greatest quality, but it's kind of been this like legendary slasher film that I've been dying to see. There's a cool creature on the front. But then when it, it's weird because there's so much like hype behind it. Everyone was excited. And then when it hit Blu-ray, everyone's like, yeah, this isn't actually that good. And all I heard, like even people's opinions I trust, they were kind of like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Oh, that, but okay. it, again, I had to watch it. Yeah. Right away, though, it starts off very cool, kind of Jalo-esque score. Mm. I was uh, digging that. It's kind of like, ah, that's something I'd I'd grab this score for. And it's got a great setup. Uh, So it opens up. This woman's having this nightmare. This creature, I believe, kills her, or I think it's her. Cool practical effects, some cool gore there. And then she wakes up. You find out that this woman's been suffering these traumatic nightmares for, I believe, since her childhood. Night terrors? But they're, yeah, really starting to uh, affect her as of late. So her husband comes up with the idea, let's go on vacation to kind of relieve some of the pressure off you. And yeah, I think she's starting to get into depression and whatnot as well. Uh, They invite her brother and his uh, wife or girlfriend, whatever, I believe it's a wife, along for the trip. So it's two couples. And uh, the one guy, I guess, makes a lot of money and he's able to get uh, this... um, this abandoned island and they're going to stay at this um this the this premise cabin and, the premise and, i like yeah exactly and on top of it they get there and there's a hurricane so they're stuck there there's no getting off this island if anything does happen which of course it's being a slayer happen. we know is going to happen here's the thing and i think Maybe the reason like a comedian it's like i slayed him <laughs> no uh thankfully they it's moved not it that. next door to a bobsled guy he's like oh, i'm the slayer i slay for a living like hey awesome man cool and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, this is not the uh, the Jamaican bobsled oh, too. This damn. is not Cool Runnings, Dan. This is not Dan's favorite film. Not Cool Runnings too. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it it does have a great setup. But I think the reason a lot of people have problems with it is because it is very slow. Like it's weird for this type of film to be a slow burn film, and yeah. it is that. Like it's a while before it starts getting going. But I didn't mind that because again, you kind of get to know the characters, and you find out that she's a painter and she's been painting all these things from her nightmares. So when they get to the island they see like a house and she's like that house is the same house from my dream so that's where she's like really getting frightened now but yeah it does take a while to get going it almost has like i don't want to say art house because i don't know if it's necessarily an art house it is still an 80s slasher film but it definitely has that vibe where 
yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I could see that's why people didn't like it. But I, I mostly dug it. I mean, the kills does it pick up. Like, yeah, like it takes a while to get going, but once it does get going, I you know the the kills are very well done. There's some cool gore effects in there. Yeah. Uh, the monster, what little you do see of it, looks cool. So a lot, lot of great practical effects on display, and um, yeah, I don't know, fun little finale that I don't want to spoil. But I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, Did it turn out it was all a dream? Uh, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, really? <laughs> fucking Maddie. Um, <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Maybe this is why people hate this movie. <laughs> there's. Uh, <laughs> All right, never mind. Well, I don't want to give anything away. There's more to it than that. Okay. But anyways, yeah, it's not top tier slasher, but I had fun with it. I, I would give it five and a half, six out of ten. Okay. I, I dug enough. Worth, it, worth picking up. I like, yeah, like I'm, I'm. It's one of those films like I left it not loving it, but I'm kind of like I want to watch it again. You know, what I mean, yeah, it, it left me wanting to watch up. it again and and see my opinion, knowing you know now that I know going in yeah. what kind of a film it is. But it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, again, it's a, it's a film that it's all about the slow burn, the atmosphere. You know, the weight I think adds some tension to it. You're yeah, I guess waiting. like the uh, with the desolation of being like on an island. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I, I thought all that was cool. And again, like I, I thought the characters were likable enough. You got to know enough which is the problem that i have with most films you know slash films they just throw out characters you hate so and don't want to follow so yeah i definitely uh would recommend everyone check it out give it a shot don't listen to everyone's opinion again not saying i'm correct but uh, i think it is one of those films everyone should kind of see and form their own opinion because it does seem like there is definitely some fans that really love this film and then it seems like there's a lot of people that that went in with so much hype and hated it so again i I think expectations i think it's one of those films where you've been waiting to see it for 10 years and it finally gets released you're so, you know, there, there's so yeah. much hype behind it. Uh, the other film I watched uh, from 1995, The Ice Cream Man. Have you guys seen this? Does it have Clint Howard in it? This is Clint Howard, yeah. I think I've seen this ages ago. This is a weird fucking film. Right. Well, let, let me just start off. It's directed by Paul Norman. You may recognize him from such classics. Gems. As Sperm Bitches. Yeah. Hungry Holes. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches in Heat. Young and Anal. Stick it in the rear too, and Edward Penis did, Hands did, the did, trilogy. <laughs> did he do Stick it in the Hole one as well, the original or no? I think he just took over for the sequel. Oh, okay, <laughs> not the second like, and third. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. But um, yeah, it stars the actor you'll probably best recognize as Milf Guy from the American Pie series. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's that? Johnny Cho. No, it's the, there was the two guys, and they were always on the other Milf, guy? Milf. He's that other guy. Okay. <laughs> so it's not even like the most famous. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, th- this film was terrible in every way. The tone is all over the place. It's weird. Like, it feels at times like you're watching an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, but not in a good way. You're getting like the bad acting. You know, those like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Like, they were fun to watch as a kid, but there was like no atmosphere for oh, most yeah. of them. Like, you know, the sets and the, the cinematographer were literally like lights. And yeah. cheap sets. That's what this film feels like. The, the even the score feels very Are You Afraid of the Dark? Very like kind of goofy. And I, even the director I think comments on it like well, it was a bad choice because it doesn't called fit. The ice cream man. I yeah, assume it's going to be. Goofy. But but again, here's a problem. The tone it, it's it's like that. But then it's like an yeah. R-rated film. You're having like an ice cream man that is possibly killing kids. <laughs> and then there's like crazy gore in it. So it's like this weird mix. A swirl, if you will. Clint Howard. Uh, I don't even. Yeah. <laughs> Hey yo, uh, Clint Howard. I don't even know how to describe his performance in this. It's just very strange and out there. I mean, I guess it's somewhat memorable. But here's the thing: you have this. Weird, so you got Clint Howard, who's kind of like this B genre movie actor. Yeah. You have Elizabeth Hussey from um, the lead from Black Christmas in there, who is like you know just delivering this so bad over the top performance. Oh, like really, she. You can tell she's like this decent British actor, and she's like so over the top and badness. Like it's like they just she just went with it. It's like oh, I'm doing a shitty film. Sure, oh, um, you got David Naughton in there, uh, David Warner. Uh, who you probably remember from all those Amicus films. Like, again, Uh, another, like, good British actor. Jan Michael Vincent's in there, who, uh, I don't know if you guys know who he is. He did, like, Airwolf and stuff, but one of my buddies at work has this thing for him. He's always (laughs) bringing up Jan Michael Vincent. (laughs) It's like his cult actor that he he goes to. And there's a couple other appearances of other celebs in there. So it's kind of weird that, like, somehow... 
this porn director with this terrible script called Ice Cream Man was able to put together this cast. Like, like, it just blows my Clint mind. Howard is kind of like, he's Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, like, yeah. He is uh, Well, he's, yeah, like, star, he's done right? some pretty yeah. decent-sized films, yeah. But I, I think what I read is, like, they knew if we spend the money just and get this actor for, like, a day... We can throw his name on the poster. Okay, so it's the old time he likes to um, show act. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I have to admit, I was uh, I was kind of hoping this fun, cheesy '80s ice cream man yeah. slasher film, and I just I thought it was pretty terrible. It was it was tough to get through. Um, the whole plot of the film is Clint Howard is murdering people and uh, creating new flavors of ice cream, and like you see him stirring in there's cockroaches and this eyeballs and body parts, like a, a Tales from the Crypt episode, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. And again, with the mix of tones, you have that, but then you have like these kids called the Rocketeers who are kind of like these Goonies wannabes. You got like Small Paul and the fat kids named Tuna, and they're trying to be, it's like that mix, and you have them like investigating these murders. So it's like, who's the audience for? Because kids can't get into this movie, and adults would not, you're not hanging out with these kids. They're not cool kids like the Goonies or the Monster Squad, you know what I mean? Like, it's this weird mix. Clint Howard, anytime he's delivering the ice cream, every single time he's just hands it and it's all slopped down his hand. It's like, yeah, I would not eat that ice cream. It's it's gross. I, it's, him making the ice cream will haunt your dreams for quite In some like time. In a sexy way or not so sexy? No. Yeah, I, I can't believe this film was financed. It's just stupid and, and, and bad. And it got a DVD release. Well, a Blu-ray, Blu-ray release. release. Vinegar Syndrome, baby. Oh, that's crazy. Who Vinegar, like Vinegar Syndrome are like the I kings like of obscure yeah. because they actually, they're one of the few companies when they first came out, everyone else like would take whatever transfers the studios would give them. So like if it was a transfer done 10 years ago, it's like, well, that's what we got. We got a release. Yeah. Vinegar Syndrome owns their own, their own transfer station, yeah. I guess. So like... Every movie they do, you get like a 4K. Like they release porn films, you're getting 4K. Oh, that's amazing. When I bought, I just recently picked up Orgy of the Dead, yeah, and the 4K? Ed Wood written <laughs> film, which is a saw. It's not a porn, but it's yeah. it's literally these people are tied up on a tree. I'm, I'll talk about it in Shocktober. They're tied up in a tree and scantily clad monsters come and dance around them. But they're <laughs> giving this fantastic. like they're giving this like a 4K amazing. transfer, a special glow in the dark slip cover. Like these guys, no matter what the movie you're getting, amazing. It is uh, quality, cool. and yeah. I'm, another film that I'm going to talk about next week, so I'll save, but another slasher film. But yeah, it's kind of cool. And I'm going to talk about the extras in one second yeah. here. But yeah, it, it is weird that this film, it's it, it's bad. I, I don't understand the fan base behind it. Oh, I didn't even mention, so there's the fat kid Tuna, who they, everyone, like all the townspeople, all his friends constantly rip on him for being fat. Keep up, oh, fatty's not going to be able to make it. His one friend's brother, who's like this angry, uh, going to be this cop, kind of reminds me of one of our, our uh, old, old friends. <laughs> that was the angriest guy yet. His dream was to become a cop. But uh, yeah, his brother's like that, and he's even ripping on the fat kid. Why do you hang out with him? This kid's so fat, man. Who's, <laughs> who's named Tuna anyway? Like the, the whole film, everyone like like that everyone is mean to him. All the towns, it's so weird. But here's the best part. They didn't even cast, for some fucking odd reason, a fat kid. So it's a kid that is like regular size, but they just have him constantly wearing like a lot of sweaters. You can tell he's got like three sweaters on or like three hoodies yeah, to try amazing. to make him look fat. Like, That's Could you not amazing. find a fat kid? Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can find a fat kid pretty much anywhere, yeah. right? And like, the, there's a lot of good Check fat actors Check the ice cream store. Check the ice cream truck. <laughs> try the ice cream truck around the block once or twice. Yeah. You're going to have a fucking uh, pleasure to pick from. Especially, yeah, like get Clint Howard to hand out the yeah. ice cream with it all dripping down his yeah. hands and you're going to find some kid that will lick it off. Uh, that just went wrong. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> there's a weird scene too that is never addressed. Like the, So the one girl, her dad is um, a priest and her mom is obviously part of the church in some way as well. And there's a weird scene like she comes home and her mother is just like talking. She's possessed by like the angel, some angel. Yeah. And her dad's like, oh, come watch. Your mother's talking, you know, biblical. Talking in tongues. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, but never, never really brought up again. It's just there. Just to kind of add some. Uh, to add some spice, <laughs> I guess, to the film. Um, anyways. It's bad. I, I did want to, before I, I completely ripped on, I do want to say there was two highlights. One, you do get to see, um, yeah, sorry, David Naughton, I didn't mention, if you guys don't know, he's the lead from uh, American Werewolf in London. Okay. So he's one of the dads in there, and he's sleeping with the hot core okay of the it. town. Anyway, one of the highlights is uh, his face gets burnt with the waffle maker, <laughs> and then Clint Howard goes into the horror's house, and you think, because she's hitting him, I come by. I don't know why she's looking at Clint Howard getting all excited, she but wants some ice cream. She, yeah, she likes the ice cream, man. So 
so he comes by. I'm spoiling this, but fuck it. Um, the movie's awful, and there's not much spoil. He comes, and he thinks he's going to like sleep with her, and instead he comes with this huge, gigantic, like two-foot cone, and on the top is David Naughton's head. Oh, that's amazing. With a scoop of ice cream on uh, as for a high. But <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That, that like That's on the cover, that's back cover. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. And like... There's that, but it's almost that that's like really a, a killer only... Matter space kind of deal. Yeah, like that's a much much better film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that scene was really cool, and surprisingly, like when the effects are there, like that effect looked amazing. Like the sculpt looked like his head. Like they were saying, like the the heads on this were better than like. I guess the same year was some other big budget special mm-hmm. effects film and this one had the better effects. That's crazy. And then the other highlight is uh, Jan Michael Vincent. They're in uh, they go to this um, doctor's office, I guess where this ice cream man came from. He got released from this asylum to investigate it. And all of a sudden you find out everyone there is like crazy and they're all talking. So there's the two cops and the one cop is like running out and he's fighting these guys away. And then there's Jan Michael Vincent who just slowly walks out, through the, out the door. Exactly. Once in a while might punch one of them from behind or something. <laughs> It's just like, well, this is so stupid. Um, anyways, yeah, the film is awful. I'm gonna give it two out of ten. That's good, eh? <laughs> I, I like. There's not. I can't see myself wanting to watch it. Two again. scoops. Yeah. yeah, two scoops. Yeah. <laughs> the only cool thing that, here's, it is the banana split of the ice cream world, if you will. Yeah. The one cool thing about the film, though, and the reason I'm gonna keep the Blu-ray is uh, the extra features are actually kind of fun. You get Joe Bob Briggs. Do you guys know who he is? No. He's like this awesome guy. Like he hosted... Um, oh, like the TNT like movie-a-thon. Yeah, right? he would host yeah. like um, kind of like an Elvira, but he's actually like very witty and cool, yeah. and he knows his shit. Like he's a horror genre fan, mm. but he's also like... He's one of the more known um, hosts out there. Apparently he's actually... A, he's you have Shudder. Shudder yeah. yeah, apparently he's coming back on Shudder. I almost think he's going to get Shudder. Because he's done like some commentaries and some extra features on some other DVDs I have and they're always a lot of fun but this one you get I guess he did uh, he hosted a double feature of this in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate oh, Factory that's amazing so you get like you can play the movie and it will like then cut to this I mean it's low quality but yeah. you can watch it with the thing so I just fast forward after I watch the movie yeah. just to these skits it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he's just got some really cool witty banter and he interviews uh, Clint Howard uh, throughout it oh, and Clint Howard it. man like I didn't know, like, Clint, I'm a fan of Clint Howard after yeah, this. Like, I didn't I realize, he's he such a be. cool dude. Like, he's one of those guys, like, he's he's surprisingly very, like, witty and, like, Quick. charismatic. And he's also, like, um, self-depreciative. Like, he'll make fun of, like, these films he did. But he's also, like, no, like, I really like this film. You know, it had a lot of cool gore effects and stuff. But, yeah, when it comes to this film, he's not afraid to, like, bash it and be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's not a great film, but it has its fans. Like, I don't know, I, I didn't realize he was such a cool dude. Yeah. Um, and then he has another interview. Does somebody which, have a crush? <laughs> Possibly. He's he's like the new... Remember I found out about Larry Fezzedin and all of a sudden I wanted to check yeah. out everything Fezzedin, which I may talk about him in a second. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's, he's kind of maybe the new Larry Fezzedin. I kind of want to go check because he talks a lot about... Him and uh, Bob Briggs talk a lot about Evil Speak and apparently that has all these insane moments they talk about oh, yeah. effects. So uh, he's the star of that one and you need to check it out. But yeah, he also has an interview where, again, he's very cool. And he talks about... He's like, well, you know what? Surprisingly, like we only did screen this movie once and it had a great... Like everyone really dug it. I mean, it it probably helped. They had kegs of uh, free booze on on, <laughs> and you know, so th- they did like three films, and this was the last one. So by the end, everyone Everyone's was bombs. really digging it. I mean, they were probably really drunk, oh, and that's, that's why. Awesome. But you know, and then the only other thing I did want to mention, I guess they were. I just found out. Um, I guess when this got released on Blu-ray, were the other two movies porn that they showed beforehand? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. They were probably. I think they were actually decent films. This was like the premiere of this uh, film. It was some like yeah, some movie festival. But anyways, I guess I found out that when this film was released on Blu-ray, someone put up a Kickstarter for the sequel of this film. Uh, their goal was to raise $300,000. They ended up raising $4,000. <laughs> so apparently the Ice Cream Man fans didn't show up. Yeah. And apparently one of the out of that $4,000, 2000 of that was from one person. Clown Tower? <clears throat> Clown Tower. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and I almost feel bad. It's like, on one hand, it's like this film fucking sucked and I don't want a sequel, but now I'm kind of like, but Clown Howard's so awesome. I kind of yeah. feel bad that, you know. You want to give it Well, he talks about this and he's like, you know what, like, I know there's a lot of things wrong with this film this is what we would do and so yeah anyways ice cream man i can't say i recommend it but you know maybe if you find the blu-ray cheap grab it for the extra features um do you guys have anything else yeah no that's uh, i've only watched one movie okay i got one more i'm gonna quickly talk about here again because i watched so many that uh, i don't want to have too many for next episode uh this is called the mind's eye from 2015 you guys heard of this one sounds familiar 
Jimmy being a Cronenberg fan may um, may get a kick out of this one because it's kind of a, some people complain that that's their problem with it. It's almost too much of a homage to Scanners, but um, yeah, it's pretty much this couple has psychokinetic powers that they can like move people and blow up heads and shit. And uh, this crazy sadistic doctor takes them uh, captive, and his goal is to harvest. He's trying to harvest oh, their powers into, like, for weapons? himself. Well, for, no, for himself, uh. he's trying to like absorb it. He's got these needles, and he's like pulling the stuff out of them injecting it into himself and um this sounds like like a dc comic you know that right no but it's yeah. again it's more scanners than like yeah. professor x like okay there's tons of blood and gore like if they're using the power someone's getting fucking blown up okay. or something <laughs> um it's directed by joe Be- begos or begos i don't know i'm probably not pronouncing begos? that right uh, he also did Almost Human, which, again, people complained about because it was too much of a homage. But, again, both of those movies, I think, got like a little cult falling. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they're both supposed to be worth a watch. That one was about some alien. Some guy gets abducted and then years later shows up along the same time all these killings are happening. So, um, But I, I, it looked really cool. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I personally got a kick out of this. I don't know what the complaints were. I think the story is different enough. I mean, yes, there's someone with kinetic powers blowing up yeah. people's heads but other than that I don't think it has that much in common with scanners it's pretty much them escaping from this doctor and then trying to get revenge on him uh, amazing amazing synth score from the 80s I actually um, when HMV in Canada was was closing oh, down I picked up the soundtrack for this for like three bucks oh, if you ever find CDs for these type of movies for that cheap because usually you know they only made a limited run they're 20-30 bucks yeah. here so I, I was like, oh, I'll check it out for three bucks. I remember that the trailer looked cool and that the score is amazing. It's very, yeah, it's really, really cool 80 synth. Um, so it was nice to actually like hear it in the movie. And oh, I was like, cool. ah, like the end, there's like this amazing part in the ending. And I'm like, I want to throw on the CD after this, which thankfully I have. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, but it, it's got some really cool 80s uh, practical effects. Lots of cool, you know, like I said, you're getting the head explosions in there. Um, I think the acting was mostly fine. The doctor was a little over the top but whatever my boy Larry Fezzedin makes an oh, appearance in there he? he was a lot of fun uh, it's always nice when he shows up puts a smile on my face yeah. uh, especially when I didn't know who he was going to be in it so yeah again it's not an amazing film it didn't do anything we necessarily haven't seen before but I think it does it all well enough for an indie film uh, I'm going to give it six and a half out of ten I would recommend it myself yeah and i I definitely am going to check out his previous film almost human but um yeah if you if you want to see you know heads getting blown up and people getting whipped around and like i said it's more of a horror film than an action superhero film that's cool um so yeah anyways that's what i watched i'll talk about it some more uh next episode i've been watching just a lot of horror just getting back into it, eh? Yeah, which is weird because usually, you know, I'm, I'm kind of watching yeah. everything else around this time, a horror film here and there, and I'm saving horror for that Shocktober to really go all out. But um, yeah, you're, I've, you're missing it. I've been in the horror back mood. To your yeah, roots. yeah. Anyways, um, I guess uh, if you guys don't have anything else to talk no, about, I've jabbered on long it? enough. Um, let's throw up here is the trailer full of lots of 3D goodness. Yeah. Uh, for Friday 13th, 1982. Here you guys go. Coming at your face like an eyeball. Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. 
It will scare you. Jason Voorhees, having survived the machete to his shoulder, wrecks havoc upon a group of friends staying at a cabin in Higgins Haven on Crystal Lake. Yes, we are, of course, talking about Friday the 13th in 3D. Oh, three glorious Ds. Part three from 1982. Uh, This film was, of course, uh, Paramount's big return to 3D. I guess they hadn't done a 3D film since 1954. Gimmicks. I I was reading, I guess the budget was like something around $4 million. Of course, it did like... Oh, big yeah, numbers, like 36, 37 million. But they did have kind of like Avatar where they had to spend a lot of money getting all the theaters fit for this. Oh, Again, because this sense. was the film, like after this, you had Amityville 3D and Jaws 3D, yeah. but this is the first one to kind of get that going. And I, I guess uh, I was reading up too, like I, I guess there was Coming At You 3D with some like this cheesy Western film, <laughs> little budget film, but it made like $12 million. Because it was 3D? It was a big hit for 3D. That's why Paramount's like, oh, we got to get on that. So yes, they had to, to spend some money getting the theaters fit but you got this in 3d i think the 3d is really the best part of the film yeah. i mean i know that this film has a lot of fans a lot this is a lot of people's favorite of the series for me this is kind of where it, it drops i think the first two films start on such a high and then this mm-hmm. one i feel like you're watching it for the the, the 3d you definitely are like uh, again i've always been uh this isn't my favorite but i i, I dig it yeah but 3D, it changed the movie completely for me. Like, it was yeah. a fun experience. It was like, instead of watching a movie, I'm like, I'm in the movie. Well, you're getting, yeah, cool. well, like doing the juggling at yeah. the screen or like. He's throwing the wallet at you. Yeah, like, exactly. The, kid with the baseball bat. The yeah, kid, the rake, he's kind of a. The, yeah. Uh, the oh, there's tons of, tons of cheesy gags. Yeah, I'm actually so disappointed that I've never seen it in theaters in 3D again yeah. with the real 3D. 3D would be amazing. Um, I was reading too. I found out I'm so pissed. I guess one of the few 3D prints that are left was playing in Toronto. They used to play oh, like. Oh, really? Every Halloween they would play this film, and I yeah, guess like that was yeah they stopped doing. It. I guess that was a couple of years ago. So I'm like, oh man, that I sucks. can't believe we missed out mm. on that. I would totally go back That'd every year. Like to me, if this is if you want to watch the film, 3D is probably the way to go. Yeah. And I have a feeling if I saw it in 3D, I would probably add an extra yeah, you know point or two onto it because I, I really feel like it's missing something not being in 3D. But it's the whole dimension, you're not. Yeah, it, it is still <laughs> it is still a fun film. Of course, this is the film where we get the first appearance of the, the hockey famous mask. hockey mask, which I've talked about before. I I personally am a fan of the the burlap yeah. sack, the potato sack mask. I, I just find it more terrifying, but I mean, this is the iconic uh, mask, and I'm I'm fine with it. It's so cool. Who played Jason? This uh, this is Richard Brooker took over for Jason. This film, I like him as Jason. He's kind of like has this weird walk to him, which I've kind yeah, of yeah. Well, he's that he's a nice mix of yeah. like he's not too muscular. Like everyone loves Kane Totter, and yeah. he works as the zombie one, the slow walking big yeah. zombie. But I find this one, I I've always again kind of preferred the the one that runs a bit and that's yeah. not too. That's just kind of like a beefed up guy, but not too like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. This is the one, I don't know if you heard the whole story, where Steve Daskowitz, the guy from uh, that played Jason in part two, he kind of got screwed out of this. Oh, really? Um, hmm. He was like, I'll, I'll come back and do him. But they're like, well, we're, we're, we're going to film in California now because that's closer to where like all the 3D experts were and whatnot. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can play him, but you have to pay for your own airfare to get here. <laughs> so he's like, fuck that, man. That's insulting. Yeah. So that's unfortunately why we never... So um, was he the stunt man or was he the actor well it's the same thing the stunt man is usually no but like the guy who got screwed out oh yeah no this was the actual um actor the, the jason the the one that actually did 90 percent of part oh, two okay. it wasn't the uh the, the uh the one guy that got hurt and then yeah. took took uh, credit for uh jason but uh yeah it was directed uh, as you mentioned steve minor is back uh the same director as part two we've already talked about him so i'm not going to go on too much but uh yes the guy directed house and Warlock, H2O, Lake Placid, and the incredibly racist uh, Soul Man. Uh, writers, we got Martin Kitrosser, Carol Watson, and 
Petru Popsicu. Oh. I am not pronouncing any of those right, and I don't care. Yeah, the others had a stone of names. <laughs> Katrasser, I guess, uh, also wrote part four and five, so we'll be talking about him again. Oh, cool. Meatballs 2. And- <laughs> That's the worst meatballs. <laughs> Is it? Is it like the aliens that come down in part two and there's a boxing match? So you mean the best meatball? Oh, okay. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I actually haven't seen the sequels in a, any of them in the longest actually, time. Part three is pretty too. bad too, from what I remember. Part four has Corey Feldman and Haim, uh, it, doesn't but, it? Isn't or? it called like Last Resort? But like it's under the no, that's, that's a, no, that's another film he did. Oh, was it? There is actually meatballs four with uh, Feldman. Oh, crazy. Um, and he also wrote uh, one of my favorite uh, of the sequels, uh, actually my favorite of the sequels, maybe minus part two because it's so hilarious bad, but Silent Night, Deadly Night, most of the sequels suck, but I do have a lot of fun with part five, The Toy Maker. Oh, that's actually a really good with one. With Mickey about, like, Rooney yeah, and really Killer Toys. Mickey Rooney, the hypocrite that fucking bashed the uh, series and then came and did part five. Um, but that's a whole other episode, folks. Uh, and then Carol Watson again wrote Meatballs 2. Uh, this film... Funny, funnily enough, is funny, funnily a word? Probably not. Funnily? Funnily? (laughs) Funnily enough, I like it. When you're funneling a beer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make up a word here, uh, copywriting it here, folks. Funnily enough, doesn't take place on Friday the 13th. I think we've talked about this, but because this takes place the day after... The events in part two. Part two, which took place on Friday the 13th, this actually takes place on Saturday the 14th, and then actually mostly Sunday the 15th, the film where he kills the opening with the variety store owners. That's Saturday, but most of the film takes place on Sunday. So you are actually watching Sunday the 15th, not Friday the 13th, folks. Yeah. I'm going to actually get my covers. I don't use the term bullshit very often yeah. but uh I'm taking it. my DVD covers yeah. out I'm going to do my own fan made covers have you and seen Saturday the 14th Sunday the, Sunday the 15th I have not no it's not, it's not that good and there's actually a sequel I think What's, is it called Sunday the 15th I don't know uh. <laughs> anyways yeah I guess let's uh we'll talk about the film but let's just throw out our uh, initial thoughts on the film who wants to start again I the characters in this movie are so almost like they're uh, certain tropes. Like you have like the stoner hippies who are like what twenty years older than the kids. <laughs> it Am seems like it. You almost feel like they're getting partying with their old man dad, like their hippie well, dad. Well, some of you always have that one friend that's like twenty years older. Yeah, that's you, true. You guys have you uh... call them like your first love. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, we we've you know everyone has that one friend that's yeah. a little bit older than them. But isn't he dating like like a nineteen year old? Like the girl is young, and uh, there's the uh, one girl who like the throwaway line is like, "Well, I am pregnant," but she continues to smoke and drink throughout the entire weekend. I think it was just kind of like a one throwaway line that they forgot about, or what? Yeah, I don't know because I I think it's pretty ballsy of this series. We'll talk about her fate mm-hmm. later on, but like that to me is pretty fucking crazy yeah. when you actually think about it. It's one of those things. Yeah, she mentions it and never mentions it again, so you don't think. But of it. she is drinking, right? Yeah. Like she's drinking. Well, she's smoking. She's like, "Get me a beer." I don't know. She's she might be drinking. I don't yeah. know. If she smokes yeah. weed though, does she? I don't know. I, don't I thought really she know. actually. I think that's where you find out she's pregnant because she says, "No, I can't because I'm pregnant." No, she's driving. So oh. She's stop for a bathroom because she is pregnant. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. What was I saying? And you got my favorite character, the nerd, <laughs> Shelly. Oh God. <laughs> and the most effeminately gay punks, right? Like these guys are clearly like. Uh, well, they're the totally cliche boys. punks. Yeah. Like it's like, like 80s if you, punkers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you had a punk in eighties film, they probably looked like this. Like er- everyone was like the over the top cliche. And who but, knows? Maybe punks were like that in the eighties. I don't, I don't remember. know. They seem like they were fancy, like fancy fellas. Yeah, like, maybe. They seem like almost like okay, boys, get them. <laughs> But, I don't know if I'd go with that, but no? I thought they were kind of intimidating. I don't, I, I don't think so. Except for the woman was just kind of having fun, but yeah. that makes sense. You always got the, the, the woman of the group, so he's just kind of the one that's yeah. there to have fun. Instigating. And then you got the two, yeah, exactly, instigating, and then the two badass guys. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty threatening when he's chasing them down with his, uh, doesn't he have the chain yeah, around his, his knuckle? knuckles, yeah. He smashes the car window as it drives by. <laughs> that's pretty badass to like smash a window when it's driving by instead of jumping out of the way. Yeah. Like, anyway. still, like, I just say these guys were. If I was put money on it, I'd say these guys were Broadway dancers who came into this, right? All right, fair enough, fair yeah, enough. All right, all right. So, um, what? Who other characters do we got in here? Again, it seems like just like a trope of different interesting characters. Yeah, I, I mean, that is one of my biggest problems with the film. I, I feel like, and they talk about it, like 
they were more worried about the 3D gags and creating interesting yeah. characters or even worrying about the acting of the film. I find, like, again, coming off the first two films, which the main one of the main reasons I love them so much is, one, they set up that really cool atmosphere yeah. setting, but also the characters are so much you fun. like the characters. They're characters you want to hang out with, exactly. I think the characters in this are kind of all kind of dull and boring. Yeah. Like, they're, they're just not interesting. Yeah. And then on top of it, you they're have... One-dimensional. One-dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Which is not fitting, yeah, for, a, you know, a 3D film. But, yeah, I, I totally agree. I find, like, even the lead... Um, Dana Kimmel plays uh, Chris Higgins here. I don't know. I find she was kind of whiny and annoying, mm. but attractive. Hey, 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 <laughs> I will give that to the film that all the women in this are very attractive, yeah. possibly the most attractive cast of the series, in my opinion. But um, you have the um, the pregnant woman that there's nothing really to her other than she's pregnant. Mm. You have the over-the-top, I guess, Cheech and Chong just was <laughs> released, so they okay. were trying to capitalize on that. That makes sense. Uh, Chuck and Chili. They're literally just there to be the most yeah. cliche characters but they're not really interesting. I don't care about any of them. Uh, I do love like the he's like making the three D popcorn. Yeah, the three D yeah. popcorn is kind of amazing. <laughs> uh, you have Vera Sanchez, who again like ridiculously attractive, but her character is just there to like be the character that's like, oh, really? You guys stuck me with this fucking yeah. clown. Now let's. T- oh, actually, before we get to Shelley, we got Rick in there. Which is kind of funted, but I guess his name was originally going to be Derek, but they thought that would be too hard when you're young. His name. Well, I think Derek. young is named like Derek when you're young to, yeah, for, his, for trouble. Sense. So they, they renamed him Rick. But um, again, he's just like the most boring, dull boyfriend <laughs> really of all is. time. That's just like, oh, what? You don't want to bang me right away? It's, you know, you're acting oh. like you barely know me. He's just such a like. You yeah. look at the two the characters like Steve Christie and even Paul in the first two films. Way more interesting <laughs> yeah. uh, boyfriend characters. I guess this guy was just like an old boy who lived there for a long time. Yeah, country yeah. boy in there. But yeah, let's bring up the uh, all the piece de resistance. My boy, the uh, the elephant in the room, <laughs> Larry Zerner as Shelley. <laughs> Let's just throw it there. Are you guys Team Shelly or not? No, this guy's such an asshole. Jimmy? Um, I, I like this character, but uh, just because it's so ridiculous. It's like, so I'm not expecting like a uh, Academy Award winning masterpiece out of this. No. I, what I like about this guy, he's, he's probably one of the most memorable characters because he is such a dick, but he's so like uh, down on himself too. Like, you... You would not act like somebody well, see, else. Fuck if you that. Look fuck like that. Me. I'm just gonna say I'm not yeah, I, fucking Team Shelley. Fuck this yeah. guy. He's the equivalent to Franklin from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. the whiny prick in the uh in the wheelchair. And at least he's like has a, you know, he's handicapped, so he's had probably a rough life. Shelley, fuck that guy. He's just this fat, annoying kid that he he's he's the type of guy that's in the real world, you know, he's one of those guys that Oh, every women are terrible because they won't sleep with me. But it's like, dude, because you're the most annoying yeah character and like she actually like he he tries like are you gonna sleep with me she's like no but how about we talk and like she's kind of being nice yeah. and kind of showing like maybe there's a chance if i get to know you and he's just kind of like no if you're not gonna sleep with me right away like when she leaves the room <laughs> she actually, calls her a bitch yeah, yeah calls her a bitch like he's that character in real life that is like that guy that thinks like he's entitled to get a hot yeah. woman it's like look at you dude yeah you're the most annoying character you go around being a dick to everyone you're not friendly no one no. likes you like you're not even like funny you're Jokes are kind of hackney. Exactly. So I, I don't know. We're, it's almost like they kind of stuff like you're supposed to kind of sim- sympathize for this kind of nerdy dude, but it's like, I don't, man. I guess, yeah, he does kind of do it to himself. Yeah, exactly. I, I will give Jimmy credit or whichever you guys said it, and that at least, like, out of everyone else's film, everyone else is so dull that at least he is somewhat interesting. Like, he had some kind of fun to the movie. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Fuck him, man. I'm, I'm not. And did he not only Shelley. bring one mask, but he brought two masks on the Kevin trip? Yeah, to traumatize like, yeah. the women. It's like, ah, that's how I'm going to uh, get her to love me. I'm going to jump out with a fucking well, spear gun in a mask. You guys know like... that, like, fear is an aphrodisiac, right? Oh, yeah? No. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> Next time you're uh, hanging out with me, I... I always remember camping trips. Yeah. Anytime we tried to scare someone, they would get very angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the oldest trick in the book, a spider, a rubber spider, got some people in trouble. <laughs> yeah, got some people, you know, angry on some of our camping trips. So, um, <laughs> I guess we're the Shelly of this group, aren't we? Yeah, apparently. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. One of my biggest problems with this film is the characters 
and and again, like from what I've heard, it seems like they were more concerned about the 3D, which I guess I was more concerned about too, because yeah. that's what I more got a kick out of than the actual characters in this film. Uh, I did want to bring up uh, this is too also the beginning of the series where they start adding cannon fodder. So you have right at the opening, you oh, have these the two characters, store. the convenience stores. Which don't get me wrong, I really dug the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's sitting there like eating like nachos. And, well, yeah, like, he's uh... going through the variety store as he's supposed to be locking it up or whatever, and he's like taking drinks out of the orange juice, putting the lid back on to sell, eating other. Which the, the okay, the orange juice I get and some of the other stuff, yeah. but then he literally takes like three donuts of the the donut package. It's like I'm pretty sure you People can't sell that anymore. <laughs> but I thought he was kind of funny, even though again, like this is the the point of the series where it's kind of starting to get lowbrow like you have to have him in the shitter yeah. literally with like poop sounds like you hear him with the <laughs> yeah. that's, that's weird right like <laughs> like don't get me wrong I'm immature so I got a kick out of it but it's like I, I kind of was kind of because he was drinking whiskey on this shit wasn't he <laughs> he was yeah. you can kind of see this is where they're getting you know they're yeah. starting to go down that road and sadly that is not the lone time in this film <laughs> where we get someone on the shitter we do get another character on the shitter yeah, was, later yeah, on Keech, in the film Chong, yeah right? so I don't know. You can tell this where they're starting to get to the point where they're introducing characters like that just to up the uh, kill yeah. count. And I don't know. I always find that's... I, I love seeing more kills myself, but at the same time, I find like when you're taking 10 minutes out of these yeah. other characters that, again, end up being uninteresting, I would have rather they took that time and just you know made these characters a little... Let us get to know them a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I guess we should bring up Dana Kimmel, Chris's character. One of the biggest controversies in the Friday 13th series. Yeah, the franchise. Well, her whole story is that a year before, I believe, is or two years before? That she got she raped. Was, well, she was attacked by, you find out, Jason Voorhees. And the, yeah, yeah, they never fully... They, they don't come out and say it. It's but, ins- but it's insinuated to, right? that she I think in the original yeah. script, it was actually, yes, yeah, she did get raped, yeah. but they thought that would be like too much for audiences so but it's definitely insinuated it's weird right which is just kind of weird to me like to think of Jason as I mean I guess it, it kind of makes sense in that he doesn't understand he's probably right this kid wrong. that doesn't know the right and wrong and he's, but he's kind of you know he's hit puberty so he's, he's uh, curious and, about uh... exactly so I guess in some ways it makes sense but when I think of like Jason I think of all the sequels later on I don't know if I see that character as a, as no. a rapist. And I don't know if I really want to see the character as a rapist. Because later on, I mean, even at this point, we're at the point where we're more what rooting is for... it about, like, this guy who's clearly a murderer? He's killing pregnant women. He's killing uh, everyone. But the minute he, like, uh, decides to raise them, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, actually, the, I do find that about this film. Yeah. It is kind of, uh, again, I feel it's... It, compared to the first two, it's kind of mean-spirited. Like, mm-hmm. I noticed even this time, like, there's a couple deaths where, like, when he kills him, later on, it's like, you know, he chops off, he does some cool, goofy kill. Yeah. And this one, like, he hacks the guy, but he keeps on, like, hacking, hacking. and hacking. And it goes on for, like, yeah. two minutes of just him, like, ten times hacking this person. The, the punker? Yeah. And, yeah, sorry, what I, what I was uh, getting at before is that, like, this is also the first film where we're rooting for Jason. The first two films, you like the characters, you kind of want them to stop. And this is the, we're at the point now where it's like, no, Jason is the hero of the film. Yeah. So again, I don't want my hero to be like this rapey yeah, dude. True. That you Go know, ahead and kill as many teenagers as you want. Yeah, right? exactly. That's, that's why we're watching you. That's why we're paying yeah. you. But yeah, and th- this is also the first film. I feel like the first two were kind of about scaring you. There is some yeah. actual Defeat, scary pe- moments in those first moments, two movies. Yeah, terrifying moments. moments. This film, I feel like... There was none. It was it, all... They've nixed that. It's, it, yeah. it, you're pretty much watching it for the kill count and for the 3D gags at this yeah. point. I, I don't think there... I can't... Can you guys think of any moments that was actually kind of scary in this film? You know what? We'll talk about the spoilers, but I, I find that scene at the end kind of unnerves me okay yeah we'll talk about that yeah. but yeah there, there's mm. definitely i do feel like this one's mm. few and far between it's missing you yeah. know like this the first film had you know that the children calls out in the yeah, exactly. from the cabin you had the the he's in the house he's in the fucking house that, yeah exactly that, you had the moment the moment popping out with the sack like i feel like those two films definitely had some moments where this one i felt like he would just pop out and kill you yeah. that was it it was never really there was never any really cool kills I, I, yeah. I thought myself again I, I do feel like this film is where it kind of starts to get a little goofy too yeah I mean the, oh, added yeah. to the 3D gags don't get me wrong I love the kill where he squeezes the guy's head and, and the eye pops, pops out. out in 3D but it is goofy 
it's awesome, yeah. but it's goofy. And like you said, the punkers are so over the top yeah. and cheesy. Like it's hard to and really take them seriously. And even there, the uh, prophender, uh, what's that prof? Um, the guy of doom, the prophet or a harbinger? Well, yeah, of doom. It, it, yeah. They replaced uh, Ralph in this film with I think his name's Abel. Yeah, the harbinger of doom, like ooh doom. Which he, he wasn't. It's an omen. He holds up an eye. Yeah, he holds up the eye to, to, yeah. in three D to stick the eye in the screen. Uh, again, another thing with this film is it is very repetitive. I mean, yeah. you have that. It's like they you have to have Ralph doing the Doom. So let's replace him with yeah. another old man because Ralph, we know, met his fate in the last film. But he's just there to do the exact same yeah. thing. Even you have kills that are repeated. You have the kill, only this time it's in a hammock, but the kill from below. Yeah, yeah. That's um, pretty much spot on. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I find like this film, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, again, it seems like I'm ragging on it. There are definitely some moments I love. It does have one of the best kills in, in the series overall, where the guy's doing the, the handstand. Yeah, I enjoy Jason that one. Lops him in half. But yeah, I do feel like, again, coming off the first two, which are not only my favorite, some two of my favorite slasher films, but like two of my favorite horror films in general, I personally feel like this one's a huge drop. And I know not everyone agrees with me. Like I said, I know a lot of people, this is their favorite, but yeah. I guess depends what you want out of your Friday the 13th, because this clearly is a fun movie. Like, it yeah. is, but it's not like a, a, a tense movie. It's more like, a, all right, fucking 3D, harpoons yeah. coming at me, baseball bats coming at me. Fucking hey, man. <laughs> uh, the, the setting is overly familiar, too. Yeah. I mean, it, you're getting the same. But again, I, I don't feel like the first two films I thought really did a great job yeah. of putting you in that location. They would do a lot of cutaways. Yeah. This film, I, I thought it's like, yeah, they're in a cabin there, but I, it feels like a, yeah, we've been there, it done that. It felt like a studio, like a... Which, it, some cool trivia there, this is the same cabin from, uh, I talked about it on an earlier episode, the slasher film Twisted Nightmare, which oh, I had cool. some fun with. This was the same location where they filmed that. Unfortunately, some asshole fan burnt, burnt it, down it down accidentally, I'm sure. They're Hopefully like it was accident. bonfire or something? Yeah, they decided to have a bonfire in the cabin. And yeah, why, why, why wouldn't you? Burnt yeah. it down. Uh, I, I guess I've been ripping on this film, but I do want to talk about, there is definitely some highlights here. Um, Harry Manfredini, which uh, I apologize because in our last episode, I called him Harry Mancini. Harry Manfredini is back here, um, which the score is more of the same, mm-hmm. but, but one of the highlights. How great is that fucking techno the song? The opening disco techno <laughs> theme that he did with Michael Zager. It's awesome, right? Oh, it is so fucking cool, man. <laughs> like that to me should be played at everyone's Halloween party. It's amazing. Again, it's cheesy. And if this was in any other film, but in this film, it sets the tone right away that you're going to, this is what we're going for. I I totally love that. 3D uh, credits coming at you. Exactly. It comes out and then it comes out further. (laughs) And it does do like the, uh, First five minutes, I guess, are just like a recap, right? Yeah, you do get a flashback, which is a bit of a tease because yeah. it's like you're opening the film with like this amazing finale part two yeah. with Ginny, my favorite final girl. Yeah, like, yeah, she's gonna come back, and it's like, no, no, nope. Which apparently they wanted her actually to come back. I was surprised because I thought it was they didn't want her back because I know she's mentioned like, ah, oh, she wish. But I think she regrets. She turned it down. I, I think she had some other stuff going on. She Maybe she was doing April Fool Days. April Fool's Day. Maybe she didn't want to do another film like this. Maybe she was too busy with her soap operas, but she turned it down. But the original plot was actually, it was kind of going to be Halloween 2-esque, which I'm not sure what was first. Okay. Do you guys know what was first between... This is 82, so when was Halloween 2? Like, I say 81? Halloween 2 is 81, yeah. So I guess this... So yeah, I guess if this came out the year after that, it would have been kind of repetitive. Yeah. But the original plan was... Um, yeah, she was going to end up in a hospital, in hospital, and he would end up stalking her, tracking her down there, and stalking her, oh, and killing cool. all the various patients. You do and stuff. see like the uh, ambulance and shit like that when they drive by it. Yeah, right? yeah. What well, actually we should mention? So on the last episode, we were talking about it. Kind of leaves it ambiguous which yeah. ending you go off of. Is it all a dream? Yeah. And um, is the dog dead. Paul survived, and the, is the dog dead, and all that stuff. And this film, again, doesn't really help that answer. No. Because if you go by the death count they mentioned in the news report, Paul's still alive. Okay. But at the same time, they only show Ginny coming out on a stretch and they only mention her as, like, they only mention her surviving. So you think if two people survived, you would they would mention both. Two. So, I don't know. It kind of leaves it... Again, it does. Open-ended. It opens up where he takes the, the machete out of his shoulder, which would, again, lean towards the way that... Paul did survive because mm. this takes place 
right after the scene where she she does kill him in the cabin he doesn't come back and jump yeah. through the window so i don't know but again like the rest of the series it's all open ended it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mess they each sequel each director just kind of did whatever they wanted to i guess um i did want to touch upon the sackhead we know it got replaced but why? And apparently the reason is that uh, David Lynch's The Elephant Man had just come out. Oh, so I okay. guess they thought, you know, too many people would think close. of that film now at this point. And uh, I guess the, the whole hockey mask came up. Um, it was um, the 3D effects supervisor happened to have a, goalie a mask? bag. Yeah, a goalie mask. It happened to have hockey equipment on him. And they needed like a mask just for tests for lighting. So he pulled that out. And then Steve Miner was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. But it you know, they they made it eventually, you know, he's like, but it, you know, it needs some changes. So they made it bigger and put the holes in and the red lines on it and made it the iconic mask that we all know and love. Um, What are you guys, uh, I I don't know if you guys have ever addressed that. Are you guys uh, sackhead Jason or or hockey mask? I do like the idea of like the sackhead, but like, uh, for Halloween costumes, it's the shittiest Halloween costume ever, right? I don't know, man. I'm I'm gonna you, do you that. You can't see out of the eye, and you can't drink beer. You can't drink beer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I plan on one day doing that. I've, I've been trying to do it for years, but yeah. uh, like you said, it's something. I, I was actually thinking about doing that like two years ago. Then I thought, well, about you'd it, have like, to do the way they did it, where yeah. I think they tape it down. Yeah. So, so if you tape around the, that eye, so that point it always stays down a bit. Um, but yeah, the beer thing may be a problem, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I do like the sackhead. I think that's it looks a bit more creepy. Jimmy, what, what's your preference? I like the hockey mask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is iconic, right? Like, I'm curious how many uh, ships this hockey mask has sailed because there's so many other movies that they put the hockey mask on somebody and he goes right. Oh, around like people, even right? like something is like a like, Bobby's like, World uh, or like, like Tiny Toons. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it's. I mean, I, I think you're definitely in the majority. I think yeah. more people do prefer the hockey mask, and that's why we kept on seeing that come back and not yeah. the other. And I do think too. I guess like the potato sack had been used already for uh, Elephant Man and yeah. of course Town the Dread Sundowns Texas whereas the hockey mask that's Jason I know there's yeah. been knockoffs like what's that bloody murder yeah. uh, slasher franchise that kind of stolen it there's obviously been people that have used it uh, Alone in the Dark I believe uh, one of yeah. the killers had the hockey mask but definitely when people think of the hockey mask it's Jason yeah, Voorhees for sure. Uh, just a couple things about the actors. I did want to mention Dana Kimmel came off of Sweet 16. That's how she got the role in this. And then she did Lone Wolf McQuaid with uh, Chuck Norris and Midnight Offerings, a bit part in that. Um, I believe she's very religious now, and I think she started oh, really yeah? going that way. So I think she's, you know, doesn't, doesn't really, want anything to do with the movie. Yeah, I don't think she likes to talk too much about this. Uh, Larry Zerner, Shelley, um, they met him when he was just handing out flyers at. Um, for a horror movie and they're like how would you like to star in a horror movie really? and that's how he got he wasn't even like an actor no just kind of like, like which it. makes sense again a lot of yeah. these people weren't I, I thought he did fine I don't yeah. think any of the acting necessarily stands out as bad no. but it, I think it's more that the writing of the characters yeah. themselves kind of is, is the problem uh, I, I wanted to mention so the punks um their introduction is uh, they're trying to intimidate Shelley and um, they pull out a rubber. <laughs> they're like, "Oh, what's this? A rubber?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they they chase him down, and then Shelley gets pissed. He's like, "No, not this time!" And he chases him down and knocks over the motorcycles. Um, the original scene for that was going to be when they left the rice store. The gang was going to chase them, and uh, Shelley was going to hit, uh, pull out a wine bottle and shoot out a corkscrew, which would hit one of the motorcycles, and they would crash and. Um, no one knows why it wasn't filmed. Probably, I, I, probably budgetary. Yeah. yeah, I would assume that's a lot. Wine is expensive. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> par- from what we get is just literally he goes and like knocks the motorcycles <laughs> down. Uh, and then yeah, two other quick moments I just wanted to talk about that again it's two highlights because I feel like I'm just ripping on this film. Mm-hmm. And it, again, I do want to throw out. I enjoy this film. Yeah. I just feel like coming off the pies of the first two films, it is a drop for me. I'm really curious to see if you guys yeah. agree. or Because, again, I do know a lot of people that love this film. I guess, like, there is, if you if you don't care about characters and you watch your slasher films for the kills, I mean, this does have one of the higher it, body counts. It is counts. fun. It's, it's more of a fun and you're getting ride, Yeah, exactly. You're anything. getting the 3D gags. You're getting the mm-hmm. over-the-top cliche yeah. punks. Um, but one really moment that I thought was effective and was really cool was when Dana's character, uh, sorry, Chris's character, she finds all her friends dead in that room up in the house yeah. and Jason's coming after her and she has no weapons to fight him with. Yeah. So she has to pull the dagger out of her uh, dead I friend. I thought that was kind of cool. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. cool moment. You could kind of see like that would be like a hard thing to that do, That would right? be tough, yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to comment on 
so they're the souped up van, the the pot smoking van. Yeah. Um, which is a great moment, which is right out of like a, a um, stoner episode. film <laughs> where the, the the cops they're smoking the weed and the cops are coming behind them. They're like, shit. We got to get rid of it. It's something you'd see in like you know you've probably Super seen in ten troopers. other sitcoms, yeah, or movies. And they have to like eat all the and they just drive by the weed, and it turns out yeah, the cops are just driving by. <laughs> that was a fun moment. Uh, but what did you guys? Uh, so the, this van it runs out of gas, but then she has this like button. It's like this reserve tank. Yeah, she presses it. Needs it to be a reserve. So tank. that that is that was a that thing. That was a eh? thing. Yeah. Okay, that, that's kind of uh, fascinating. I wonder why like it wouldn't just. Yeah, I guess if you're like running use... a van, I guess. Um... Why wouldn't that just be attached yeah. to the other one somehow? I, I forget what why they had it, but they did. Huh. My, yeah, when I watched it, my dad explained it to me at one point. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's all I have to say about the film. Mm. I guess we can give out our ratings and final thoughts. I want to go to spoilers. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. So what what are you guys going to give this film and your final thoughts? You know what? First time seeing it 3D, it bumped it up for me. Like I had a ton of fun with this movie. I got to give it 7.5. Jimmy? Uh, I'm going to give this one, I guess, a 6.5. I do really enjoy this movie. It's a ton of fun. But at the same time, out of the, the first four, it's probably my least yeah. favorite. That being I, said, it's that. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, even though I've been repping on this film, I still enjoy it again. I just am comparing it to the two masterpieces before it. It's still, compared to a lot of 80s slashers, it's still well above most of those. And it's still, like you said, fun. I'm going to go six and a half. Okay. I do think it's quite a bit of a drop off, but it's again, it's not a bad film. I feel like I'm ripping on it, yeah. but I, I'm just, you know, comparing Coming it off to the, uh... before. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything else more to add, but uh, I do have some stuff I want to talk about in the spoilers. Yeah, Are you guys ready to jump in on that? I want to spoilers. <laughs> okay, so we're going to put the time at the bottom there. So if you haven't seen this movie, again, like these other films, other than the first one that had the mystery of who the killer was, yeah. I think there's nothing really yeah, to really spoil in a slasher room. You know pretty much yeah. everyone's going to die. There's going to be a final girl, which yeah. you know who it is. But if you don't want anything spoiled, uh, skip ahead. It was all a dream. Um. So yeah, let's just talk about the shock ending in this one. I don't. Is there anything you guys want to talk about in the? I finale? love, absolutely love when she goes into the boat and he takes off the mask and you just see him in the window, just running out at her. Like, yeah. So this is after I, she's killed him. Yeah. yeah she's yeah, left yeah, him yeah. hanging, and I think possibly a knife in his head or something. Yeah. And so Jason's dead. She goes to the boat like the previous films. But she looks across to her at the cabin and... You see Jason in the window and he looks maniacal. Like, that is a great... Like a yeah. man possessed. Yeah, that is a great scene, right? Because it takes place in broad daylight and it's startling. Yeah, I agree. That scene is kind of scary, the way mm. it's done. I think it is one of the few moments it is kind of, like, frightening. Because at this point, you're like, it's all over, he's dead. And it's not just, like, a cheap jump scare, yeah. which we do get and we'll talk about in a minute. But it is actually kind of a scary moment. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. That that's a cool moment. Um, but let's talk about the jump scare we get off it. I think it's stupid. I have no <laughs> idea what they're trying to do with this. It's definitely the again. Mom, it, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. a problem where they're just ripping off what they've already done, yeah. and for some reason it's Miss Voorhees, which makes no sense. She her head's attached to her body. Uh, the beginning of this movie starts with a close up on her head, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's when the credits happen. Yeah, like the opening credits start over top of her head. Like, like I guess it is yeah. just a jump scare. It yeah. is just a dream, I guess. But I don't know. I think it's just like we've seen this before. Let's yeah. do something more original, guys. But she does look kind of cool, though. I like the like the snakes coming out of her face and shit like that. I thought it was kind of interesting. But yeah, no need for it. Well, let's talk about. So there actually is two alternate endings. I believe one was shot. I don't know about the other one. The one alternate ending, is it on the Blu-ray? I forget, because I watched the extra features on this a while ago. Um, maybe you guys can jump in if you know mm. if it is. But there is an alternate ending, which I think is kind of cool, and it was kind of ballsy. But they thought even for a dream sequence, it was a little much. But the original ending was Jason actually cuts off Chris's head. And oh. then she wakes, she gets her head cut off and then wakes up in the police car. That'd be kind of badass, right? um, But they thought even though it's a dream... It it's might. a little much. I think that yeah. would have been kind of cool. I, for some reason, I feel like it is on the Blu-ray, but maybe it's all in my head. Maybe I've imagined seeing this. Yeah. Apparently in that scene, too, uh, Jason looks a little bit different than he does in all the other scenes, and I guess that's because that was Stan Winston's Jason. He was originally hired oh, on, and we talked about right, that right, he right. had to leave uh, for whatever reason. I think some contract yeah. reason. But um, So yeah, apparently the makeup uh, looks a bit, a bit different. better. I, I swear that is on the Blu-ray. Um, I'm not going to look it up. If it is, you know, yeah. it's there. 
And if it's not, well, I imagine yeah. it. But there was another alternate ending. Uh, Ali, one of the punks yeah. that in the movie already, he survives. He comes back. Yeah. He finally is still alive and fights Jason one last time for Jason again. One of those scenes where he hacks him for 10 he, minutes. And just keeps hacking him. <laughs> but uh, there was another alternate ending where he actually does survive along with Chris. So there would have been two survivors okay. on this one as opposed to just the final girl. And then when the paramedics. He bite it, the, it? Uh, no, the paramedics go to the Jason's body and he's gone. Uh, Whereas I think in this film does it go back to his body and he's, I think he's, he's still, still there I think there, right, right? Yeah. he's uh yeah I think he's on the floor of the barn yeah okay, yeah yeah so I guess that film would have kind of set up you know more that he's still alive he's yeah. out there like the Halloween ending this ending kind of leaves it like well this could be it because again I think it's been everyone knows the whole history but Paramount even though these movies made them a shitload of money and that's why they had to keep on continuing them yeah. they didn't want to every film was like okay let's end this we've done it we've made our money yeah. but then it would make so much money they're like oh shit I guess we gotta do it. like they were embarrassed by yeah. these films which is so silly that's crazy right all these companies are always embarrassed by these horror films even though these horror films are the ones making that are you the bread and their butter that are allowing them to do all these smaller indie pictures that no one wants or cares about anyways uh, the other thing I did want to mention there's rumors that these are on a Dutch VHS but I I believe that's bullshit because as far as I know anything the lead scenes have made it onto the Blu-rays and anything that didn't is because the footage is long gone but there was some deleted scenes I'm not really going to go through them all but pretty much a lot of the kills just had extra blood okay Um, a couple extra seconds here yeah exactly um. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's it for spoilers. You guys have anything else you want to comment on? Yeah, or? it's pretty much good. Good to go. Okay, that's it for spoilers. I do have one last trivia tidbit. Um, it's not that exciting, but apparently the fake title for this was Crystal Japan after the David Bowie song. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that began the on again, off again tradition of uh, giving uh, Friday Thirteenth code names David Bowie songs. So. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I feel like I was a little hard on this film, but again... Hey, listen, you know, if you want to write in and give Kyle shit, you can yeah. find us on... Uh, let, let us know your opinions. Yeah, we can find us on our uh, email at the uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviecitymaniac. Or you can just find us on Facebook. We have the uh, group page and the like page. So you can join on in the discussion. Yeah. And uh, I don't like to do this, but uh, you know, it's it's been a while, so I thought, why not? Um, we would love if you guys could take a minute out of your time give us a review mm-hmm. um, the way when people search for our podcast the ranking is based on you know how long you've been around how many episodes but mainly what your reviews are so if we can get enough reviews get an average up there I don't even care if you want to tear us apart just give us an honest review <laughs> just give us a review 40% less Jimmy we'd prefer uh, <laughs> yeah. we'd prefer if it was 5 out of 5 but you know do what you want but just yeah, yeah. It, we're we'll used to appointments. yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's our final thoughts. Um, I, I overall, I mean, this is—it's yeah. a decent slasher film. It's just for it's me, it's it not my dip. favorite. Yeah, it's a dip in the action. It's still better than later. Uh, yeah, yeah, film, yeah, the later Friday Thirteenth, but it's uh, you know when you're comparing it to the best, it is. It's kind of for me. It's like middle of the road yeah. Friday Thirteenth. You know, it's not the worst, but it's not doesn't hit the highs that the other yeah. ones do either. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? Or uh, no, I think that's about it. Cool. Well, I guess uh, stay scared, scared and we'll be back for one more. We're going to cover the final chapter chapter before we take a break like Jason did. We'll be back with some Corey Feldman action. Yeah. Stay scared, guys. Peace.